All right, you tuned in to the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. It starts right now. This is the Clay Edwards Show. I'm, of course, Clay Edwards in studio with me this morning on a special Tuesday, terrible Tuesday appearance. We've got Sean Yurtkaran. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Uh, you know what I like about, and we discussed this as we both pulled up here, what I like about Thanksgiving week, it's not Thanksgiving, it's most people take the whole week off and traffic is not as bad in the mornings. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was just a great drive over here. I left my house usually at, like we were talking, I leave about 6.15, 6.20, and it, I'm usually here like at 6.55, 7, yep. or six, yeah, about 6.55, and here it was like, I was like, wait, 6.35, I'm here already. So. Yeah. yeah, I tried to get here about a quarter till just to get my bearings straight and all that, and heck, I left my house 6.15, about the latest I think I've ever left, and Pulled up at the exact same time. I get here every day. I think I was two minutes later, six forty-seven. Anyway, kind of funny. No traffic, yeah. and uh, it's nice. The a lot of the a lot of the two twenty-five hundred drivers, mm-hmm. the I two twenty Daytona five hundred <laughs> drivers, they, they they have not been out on the road the last two mornings. And normally, when it's less traffic, there's always a jerk that still wants to go two hundred miles an hour. Luckily, I did not see any of them this morning, but. Most, the worst driver I saw on my way in this morning was actually about around the Pearl exit. Uh, decided to go around a car in the on the shoulder mm-hmm. on the right lane instead of just you know going or changing a lane to the left. Like where where's Pearl PD when you need them? Uh, yeah, uh, there's yeah. not a shot at Pearl PD by the way. They are always there, but too much one, sometimes. Yeah, it was just it was just one of those rare occurrences where somebody wasn't there. Yeah. But um, anyway, I was like, mm, they're always here. They could have got them one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's been, yeah, it's great. I guess everybody's you know, it's a it's a pretty relaxed week. Most people just everything kind of shuts down unless you're in sales, right? Yeah. Like you're talking about being a car dealer, car salesman. I was talking to Renee about that last night, and you know, of course, he's going to work on Friday. And I know we think you and I talked about this last week. Like, who's going to buy cars on Black Friday? Like, I always wonder, like, is anybody going nowadays to show up and buy a car? I mean, look. For for all my friends in the dealerships, I hope a lot of people. Oh, I mean, I'm not yeah. saying I hope they do too. I'm just like saying, who does it though? Who, Man, like pe- people buy cars and they have a day off. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, that's one of those those um, flag holidays and or bank holidays are big in the car business. Okay, you know, when city and bank employees or federal employees are off work, they go car shopping. I got you. And uh, rainy day stuff, construction workers go car shopping. People, I don't think people plan. Well, there's always those people who plan. Like right, this Saturday, we're going to go buy a car. A lot of people say, I, "I know I need one," but they're currently driving one. It's not like a pressing issue. Mm-hmm. Or they can get a day off and they mess around and get in front of a real salesperson. They're going to buy a car. I gotcha. If, you know, credit credit willing. Credit willing. That's that's the that's the main obstacle. It, it is. It is. Yeah. It is a lot of bad credit out there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's actually it's getting worse too. I, I was reading something the other day about it. All right, let's jump in this, man. Yep. Dexter Wade. This Dexter Wade case. For those who are not familiar, he is the guy who got ran over by an off-duty police officer who was apparently in a patrol vehicle, which that's not unusual. You know, people people drive their vehicles home and to work and all that good stuff. I don't know all the circumstances, but there was a there was a report done. I don't think there was anything I don't think I do not think this is a cover up. After I've had plenty of time to analyze this, for whatever reason they did not have a 
victim identification policy. Mm-hmm. But Sean, I would bet you that at some point they had a victim identification policy. I'm sure they did. A family notification policy. Yeah. Maybe that's the better way to say it. Were they able to identify him when he was killed? Uh, that's, that's They originally said no. Okay. And then a ind- independent, air quotes in the studio, autopsy, uh, found that he did have identification in his pocket. Okay, that would have been way to do it. I yep. mean, and I heard that it was the coroner's responsibility to identify uh, family, but th- to me that doesn't make sense. I mean, I've had somebody in JPD tell me, no, it's the coroner's responsibility. And I sit there and think about it, I'm like, well, you know, I- I've had friends, unfortunately, that have passed away in car accidents, mm-hmm. and it's the police that come and notify the family. Yeah, I don't so know what th- this there is. So- a, there is a notification you know, I never was involved in that part of the process. I don't know um, what who's who's supposed to do that. The cor- I don't know. I never heard the coroner is supposed to do that. Maybe yeah. maybe that's true. I don't, I don't know. I mean, but somebody could have done it because his ID was in his pocket, right? Yeah. All right. So let's just pretend that that's the case. Terrible situation. Okay. Yes. Like yeah, sounds I mean, like incompetence, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Ter- terrible situation. Hate that that happened. That's got to be a horrible way to go. Nobody wants to lose a family member or their life, and under similar circumstances, we can all agree on that. Without it, without any semantics, was he walking on I fifty five or frontage road? Or uh-huh. he, he was walking in the he was walking in the middle of the road enough to get run over. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, we're gonna and that, that and that. Look, you guys that don't come through Jackson a lot might not realize how bad of a problem that is, especially on that stretch of interstate. Oh yeah, or frontage road from County Line up to about Lakeland. You know, mm-hmm. as far down as like as far south as Lakeland. Sure, and this happened over by McDowell Road. Like, is that where that happened? Yeah, this one happened. Uh, that's right. But that, that that's a problem over there, too. It, it, it's a problem over there, too. Um, uh, it, it, that McDowell exit area. He was walking on the interstate when he was hit, is what the article says. Yeah, let me just say, unless you're broke down, you don't need to be walking on the interstate. No. I mean, there should be that should not be the path you've chosen. And you know what's sad about that is there's frontage roads on both sides there. Yeah. All the yeah. way to Byron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all it's, the way to Terry. There's frontage roads. Was his, so was he just walking on the street? His car didn't break down. He just happened to be walking down the interstate. Uh, he had been he had been MIA for a little while. Okay, and apparently has some mental mental health issues, possibly drugs. I don't know. Yeah, gotcha. a lot of these same, similar boxes all check off. You know, sure. I mean, like and so that's just speculation on my end. I did know. I know for a fact she said he had mental health issues. I mean, I'm 44 years old. I've never walked down the interstate in my entire life unless my car broke down, which that's happened before. But yeah, so he had been um, missing for a little while. You know, just out of pocket. I don't know if missing's the word. Mm-hmm. And then this happens, and he, you know, it was three months or so before the family was notified. Okay. Again, all that's terrible. Yeah, they should have done that. I mean, I mean, but, I don't know why they didn't do that. That doesn't really seem to make it up. I'm just reading here, it says he's had his government-issued ID with, on him. But this woman, his his mother, and again, I want to be slightly sensitive to the situation but she's screaming about justice, and she wants justice, and she's making a big crap show out of all this. Meanwhile, her brother is George Robinson. The man that was killed in that incident he, with, he, with Anthony Fox? He wasn't killed. Well, you know, or died, whatever yeah, you want to put he, it. Yeah, he, he died. But, so that's the one with Anthony Fox and, mm-hmm. and the other couple JPD officers. She does, she does not have any interest in justice being served in that case. And Anthony Fox being well, released. Well, from her perspective, I guess it was justice. Not from ours, but from her. Well, is what it's like. well and, and, and from the FBI's, it, yep. was, uh, it, 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 it wasn't justice. From everybody but, everybody, nobody thinks justice was served except Jody Owens. 
I mean, I agree with you there. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I mean, you and, and, and that side of things. Yeah, sure. And the, and the, and the people with the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So I, while my friend Anthony Fox is sitting in jail for another holiday season away from his family for a crime he did not commit, I have no sympathy for this lady. I'm not going to have public sympathy for this lady. And that's People have asked me, Clay, why haven't y'all been talking about the Dexter Wade stuff? That's a big story. Why aren't y'all talking about it? This is why. I wanted to take the proper time to assimilate my thoughts and figure out how I wanted to address this. And as Al Sharpton and Ben Crump and Dennis Sweet and this whole production yesterday for this funeral, from by the way, from a guy that, had already, that they had to exhume to do this, mm-hmm. I, I just have a hard time finding the give a damn to 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 get on this lady's side when it feels like they're trying to create another civil rights icon out of this lady because she lost a brother to JPD and now lost a son to JPD. But these are not normal circumstances. The brother was a known drug addict, mm-hmm. known drug addict, and there. If you if anybody will go do the research on it, you you know that Anthony Fox's interaction with him did not kill him or was not responsible. For his death. Then you have a son who clearly had some mental health issues and got ran over walking down the interstate. Now, the notification thing, that sucks. We can agree that that sucks. We can agree that it sucks to lose family members like that at all. Yeah, I'm glad that they had a funeral for him. I mean, everybody deserves that, I think. You do. I mean, it's. It, Did it have to be streamed oh, on the news? Well, I'm with, not saying that. I'm just saying have a funeral, though. Yeah. That they exhumed him and had a proper funeral sure. for him. He deserved that. I think that's. Um, you know, but I think. I, I I knew about this story because I heard it on the news a little bit, but didn't really pay attention until yesterday. And I saw that Al Sharpton was here, and I texted you immediately. I'm like, "Why is Al Sharpton here? You know, what was what's this about?" And you kind of explained to me what was going on, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just was really. Then I listened to it on the news this morning before I came in, and I just again. Uh, this sounds horrible. The guy was killed. I didn't notify her. That's, I mean, it seems like general incompetence that we see from the city on a daily basis. It's nothing, you know, any different than they didn't pay the contractors on Riverside and, and it cost us $850,000 and they didn't notify somebody that was killed. I mean, this just seems like a pattern and practice of things they do that are just not in the right, you know, course and scope of what they're supposed to be doing. But, um, the, uh, I don't. I just didn't. I don't know how this is a civil. Was it like? It's not a race-based civil rights thing. Oh, clearly not. This is. Uh, no, no offense here for anybody listening. Uh, this is blackity black, black, black across the board. So there, there's no, there's no supremacy to blame. There's none of that. Well, I mean, it just seems like this is just a like incompetence thing to blame. We get mad at the city saying, you know, sure. choke away your administration and the way things are handled are, are incompetent. And that would be what, you know, that what I would be upset about. Um, yeah. I mean, look, if people, if you're mad about this and you're mad about this incompetence, y'all voted for this. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I had a, a similar circumstance and with my, my own aunt, she was uh, in a taxi cab about seven years ago in Miami and a, the city of Miami drum, dump truck driver was driving and hit her in the back of the cab and she was killed in the accident. And he fell asleep at the wheel was why he hit the cab. Now the city like had known some things about this guy had, you know, had a prescription drug problem and things like that. So we met with the city and we got attorneys on the whole thing. And uh, because it was city incompetence was, it wasn't like, it, it was like a civil rights issue though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, see, she was killed in a similar circumstance, but it wasn't ever, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a civil rights kind of thing. And, and I don't see the difference here really. Like, it just seems like a city incompetence issue. Agreed 100%. And, you know, it's just a weird set of circumstances that the brother was George Robinson. And, and 
they have a lawsuit currently pending against the city. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this last night. If they, if Anthony Fox gets freed and this thing gets overturned like it's supposed to be, like everybody but the family, the lawyers, and George Soros funded Hines County DA Jody Owens won't. I think it makes the lawsuit a lot more shaky. Now the city is self-insured, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that they they would love to get some kind of federal. I, I don't know. We talked about this last night because there's the tort limits. Yeah, there's a Mississippi Tort Claims Act, and I don't know how. I haven't looked their lawsuit. I don't know if they filed this as like an excessive force thing in federal court, or if they filed this in state court. I have to read it. I've never I've never read his lawsuit. So, but I'll, yeah. I'll to, I'm going to pull that and I'll check it. So, my my point with all this and why I bring it up is everybody was all on their hands yesterday. The media tripping over themselves mm-hmm. that Al Sharpton was in town. And we're going to go take a break real quick. And we're going to come back. We're going to play some clips. Kenneth Stokes and that bumbling bunch down there at the city council are wanting to do another resolution. That they, These resolutions are, are, are an absolute crap show and a sham. They want to do another resolution so people know that the city won't tolerate this. Are they accepting blame? We'll be right back with Sean Yorkron on the Clay Edwards Show. Come back into the Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by Men's Health of Mississippi. Guys, the holidays are a great time to get started on testosterone replacement therapy. Our first of the year at the latest, you know, get through the holidays, you got all those New Year's resolutions. You know, none of that's going to matter. If your testosterone levels are too low, you're thinking about starting to work out. You're, you're, I've been saying if you're in your 40s, but I'd be honest, you know, with all the nonsense they have in our foods, all the bad things we put in our bodies, your testosterone levels could be low, you know, mid 30s. It could be time to get them checked. So I highly recommend doing that. Ladies, look, we talk a lot about men getting their testosterone checked. I'm just throwing this out there. I know several of the ladies in my life uh, that I'm friends with and whatnot have been taking the testosterone replacement therapy. They put the little pellets in you. They're long. They're they're low dose, uh, time released, and man, they love them. So just FYI, we promote the the man side of things here. But I had a lot of women hit me up in my comment sections when I post about this and ask about women. And they do have a women's clinic here at Men's Health of Mississippi. I think it's called Women's Health of Mississippi. A uh, free plug for them. But check that out. Um, it could be something, especially, you know, ladies in your 40s. Have you been through menopause, anything like that? Dealing with some hormone issues. Highly recommend checking that out. Anyway, but look, Sean and I have both been doing this for, I've been on it since almost a year now. My body looks entirely different. Working out helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... But you know, having the having the energy to work out, and having the testosterone to, to create new muscles, and you know, eating protein and all the stuff that comes with it. And look, aside from that, if you don't want to work out, you can literally just take the testosterone, and it's going to make your life better. Sure, it, you don't have to work out. I'm not telling you that your body's going to start changing into you know you're going to start looking like a bodybuilder or nothing by not working out. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but you're going to sleep better. And there's just lack of brain fog. This is something I don't talk about enough. And, and I know y'all are probably probably think I'm crazy if you listen to me mumble and, and get lost in my words like I'm doing right now, half these radio shows. But I'm thinking clear. Articulating it out of my mouth is a different story. <laughs> but it uh it 
It is great, man. It helps with that brain fog. It gives you energy. You're excited about doing stuff. You know, you catch yourself saying yes more than no when people ask you to ask you to go do stuff. Men also, the bedroom, huge, huge change, game changer in the bedroom. I'm just gonna be honest with y'all. If you are, uh, if if you're waking up without the morning wood, it's, you probably got low testosterone. Just being honest with you. Uh, ED, obviously, same thing. It can help with all of that stuff. So get over there. Get your levels checked. Let them know that Clay and Sean sent you over there. That's Men's Health in Mississippi, located at 120 Fountains Boulevard in Madison. The website is the best place to start this whole operation is menshealthms.com. Menshealthms.com. Get a head start on your New Year's resolutions now. If you get started on this, say, early next week, you're a month into it. With the testosterone flowing through your blood, getting your levels up, you're a month into it when you start the new year, and you can start the gym then, and it's sun, it's on. I'm just telling you, get ready. It's like strapping a rocket booster to your back. All right, Sean, menshealthms.com. Go see, uh, go see uh, Scott and Micah. Let them get you rolling. And they're also really easy. If you need a like a refill your prescription, like you just text them. They're 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 great. It's really easy to get all that stuff. It's not like a, when you go through your. Regular doctor, sometimes it's harder to get your prescription refilled. It's really easy dealing with them guys. Yeah, and look, and like all we're really here to promote is the is the testosterone, but they are a great uh, general health mm-hmm. uh, doctor, like just a personal personal physician, and they have a they have a really affordable monthly plan that you pay. And guys, for, especially folks that don't have insurance, this is a perfect thing for just your general uh, medicine type stuff. You know whether whether you would just get regular prescriptions or whatever. So minor med is I guess what you kind of call yeah, it. Yeah, minor med just My, you know MEA type place. They do mm-hmm. all that. So anyway, check them out. Menshealthms.com. dot com. All right, let's play this video real quick. We're, we're discussing the Dexter Wade stuff. Um, I, I'm going to play the the Stokes. We never pass an opportunity to play some Stokes up on this show. <laughs> this is a uh, WLBT. This is Kenneth Stokes. The city of Jackson's ready to pass a resolution, guys. Now, keep in mind, the last couple of resolutions they passed were building JSU a new football stadium. That's going great. And so so they were, so Dion would know how serious they were about him staying. Also, I think that worked out well for both parties. Um, also, they passed a resolution recently letting us know. I don't even remember what the other one was. What was it, Sean? The most recent resolution that that went nowhere. I mean, I can't. I don't know. Uh, I had it on the resolution not to pay their bills. <laughs> oh uh, no! Yeah. I'll remember what the other useless resolution that went nowhere was <laughs> here in a minute. Knows. There's been so many. <laughs> Here's a video. Was hit and killed by an off-duty Jackson police officer earlier this year receives one of, if not the first, public apology from a Jackson City leader. It comes just one day before his funeral. Three on your sides. Holly Emery has details tonight. Thursday, Dexter Wade's mother, Beth Jean Wade, told us her family had yet to receive an apology from the city of Jackson as they continue grieving the loss of their loved one. But Sunday, Ward 3 Councilman Kenneth Stokes issued a public apology, not just as a city leader, but as a fellow parent as well. Now that additional evidence has come to light, including the independent autopsy report showing Wade had plenty of identification on him at the time of the accident, Stokes says it's important the city supports the family. It's a lot of red tape before you can bury someone in one of those pop graves. I don't want to cloud the issue, but I think it's important 
that the city of Jackson stand up and be counted as we're going to do the right thing. I'm asking all members of the city council, if you could find it in your heart to vote on this resolution Tuesday. Let's send a message to the world that we are not cover up people. We asked Councilman Stokes if voting for the resolution would mean the city is taking responsibility for the death. He says it wouldn't. He added that if the city is found guilty of a cover-up, that the council would support actions to correct the issue. The resolution will be presented to the council on Tuesday, the day after Wade's funeral. Wade's funeral will be held at New Horizon Church International. Imagine being a media, a member of the quote-unquote real media mm-hmm. and having to having to do a story about a resolution that means absolutely nothing. The other resolution that I couldn't think of was when the city got really mad at 60 Minutes for running that stuff about Dion in Colorado, yeah. and they showed a couple of crack houses in Jackson, and everybody got all up in arms. Oh, my God, they're showing the worst part. Da, 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 da. Uh, overwhelming. I bet you that represents about half of Jackson, so I wouldn't say they're just showing the worst part. But they, shot, they signed a resolution to let the people know that Jackson was mad and they weren't going to take it no more. You know, How did that work out? We should do a show where we I – mean, I bet Kingfish would actually be good for this. He's really good at investigative stuff. Pull all the resolutions from the city of Jackson over the last 10 years and just read out the most ridiculous ones. That's a great idea. You know, we could just, just read them out. Well, that's a great idea. I don't know how to – I'm sure you could get them, do a FOIA request or something, but or maybe they're public. I, I've never looked up a city resolution and don't know where to go to do that, but – me either. So the Guns and Gear text line is 769-241-1944. 769-241-1944. I'm going to eat up three more minutes of y'all uh, of y'all's time. This is the mother from the funeral yesterday. And then I, when we come back from the break after this, I want to discuss what did, what are they trying to do with this? Like where is this going? We, you know, uh, y'all stay tuned. Hour two. We've got a great story about a former Republican politician from Mississippi named John Henson, who is a bit like what's the guy up in DC's name now? Does Santos. Try, Santos got a little so, got a little Santos energy. Santos energy. Little Santos energy. <laughs> Man, the Twitter. I follow Santos Twitter, and it yeah. is fantastic. If anybody wants to do that, the stuff he's tweeting every day. All right, let's take let's let's uh, let's listen to this, and we're going to go to the break after this. And to the mother and two daughters. This is Al Sharpton and the mother of Dexter Wade. Of Dexter Wade. Come on, the father. I want to give thanks. I want to give thanks first to Reverend Al. I want to give thanks to Mr. Crump. I want to give thanks to Mr. Dennis Sweet. And I want to give thanks to the organization that made this happen for my son. And I appreciate everybody that donated, gave me. I appreciate everybody help. Because when this battle started, I started by myself. I started on that path trying to find Dexter. I begged Dexter to come home. Dexter, you made it home. And I want to say to you, I am sorry that I wasn't there. But baby, you know. And you kept on. You told mama, don't stop. 
because I'm out here. And I found him. And I really found him for his two girls because he loved them so, so much. And I wanted them to know what happened to their dad. And right now, I thank everybody for just fighting with me. Just keep fighting with me because it's not over yet. We just let we just let Dexter go home and walk around heaven with his father on the golden street. And that's what he always said. I'm going home to my father. And I'm going to walk the golden street with my father. And now, Dexter, you are home. And I thank everybody. I just, from the bottom of my heart, I thank everybody. I know his uh, uncle once they said, Yeah, the uncle. And then Dennis, but aren't you fair word about, you know, Jeff? Uncle. The Clay Edwards Show with Sean Nurkaran here on 103.9 FM, WYAB. Hey guys, this segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's. It's getting into the holiday week. You're going to be busy getting ready for Thanksgiving. Don't worry about cooking dinner every night this week. Get some carry out or delivery from Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's located right there at Fannin Mart on the Res, right there in front of the bowling alley. They're open seven days a week, 4 p.m. to midnight at least. And they got you covered. Look, whether it's Pizza, we already know they make the best pizza, but what about the pasta? They got that too. Hamburgers, they got it all. Try the dynamite balls on the appetizers. They're phenomenal. Fried, deep fried pulled pork wrapped around some, well, they take pulled pork, they wrap it around some cream cheese, they deep fry it for a minute, and then they drizzle some barbecue sauce on it. Come on down, young son. Put that in my belly right now. Anyway. They got daiquiris, nine different flavors. You can get them to go or have them delivered, as well as everything else on the menu available on all major food delivery apps. That's Acme, Pizza and Daiquiris. And they I don't know if they'll be open Thanksgiving night or not. Chip, if you're listening, let me know, or I will find out in the next break. But uh, they'll definitely be open this week, so check them out. Acme, Pizza and Daiquiris, live entertainment on the weekends. Think about having a little uh, Clay Edwards show get-together there soon. If that's, if that's something you guys might be interested in, maybe a little uh, Friday night dinner, maybe a black Friday night dinner, let me know. We'll uh, we'll see if we can't make it happen. That's Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's. Sean, let's take a call real quick. Sure. Hey, you're on there. Morning, gentlemen. How y'all this morning? Hey, brother. Hey. Good. I'm enjoying this little bit of rain we got last night. It's nice this morning. Yes. Hey, I had a question, but ever since I heard about Al, how much do you think he got paid to come down? Al? Al, just read the Reverend Al. You know, I'm not sure if he if he's getting paid an appearance fee or if his action network gets a cut of the lawsuit once they, you know, by bringing attention to it and turning it into a poop fest. You know, right, I, I, I would lean more towards, hold on, I would lean more towards him 
getting getting a cut of the of the back end action than the, than a front end, than the front end uh, appearance fee type stuff. Because you know, unless somebody up high up knows him or knows the family, you know, he he didn't come down here. He come down here get get something out of it. Well, but Dennis Sweet. Got it, you know, gets hooked up with Ben Crump, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming. Dennis Sweet being the local attorney, Ben Crump being the next one up, and then Crump uh, rings Sharpton's bell, and and then the rest, everybody else just gets to dancing. Yeah, that, that, when I heard Al yesterday when they were talking about traffic, it might be bad. I'm like, what? Now somebody texts in, in on the Guns and Gear text line and says is that he gets a $25,000 appearance fee. I don't know how legitimate that is, but... You know, nothing would surprise me. But I, I, I tend to think he he's getting in on the back end action, or maybe they are just saying, "Hey, if we pay him twenty five grand now, we can bring a lot of attention to this thing, and that's that's just an investment into a bigger payout." Yeah, because you know they just do, do it for kind of hard. You know, both sides they're gonna show up to get the publicity, but you know they also getting a check somewhere. Somebody they're getting something more than just showing up. You know, out of the kindness of the heart, like they should be doing it again with the way I feel about it. I think they should stay the hell out of it. Yeah, that too. That too. You know, they're not around close. But you ain't from like down. I heard it. Like, you ain't from down here. Get the head from around here. Major. You ain't from down here. Get the head from around here. Uh that's right. All right, Chris. Appreciate you, brother. All right, man. Y'all be blessed. I have Thanksgiving. I don't get to speak to you before. Absolutely. Happy too. Thanksgiving, brother. You know, uh, Sean. Uh, bring this up real quick. Sure. There's obviously going to be tort limit issue with this too. And this is why I think they're trying to, obviously, my captain obvious statement of the day here, this is why they're trying for the civil rights angle. Yeah, and that's what that's where my confusion, obviously, you can, your civil rights, everybody's got civil rights, they can be violated yeah. regardless of, you know, whether uh, you're, whether it's based on race, I and mean, if this was an excessive force, maybe Eighth Amendment kind of thing, and that's what they're saying, but I, that's what's confusing me, because that's what I was saying, you know, before we came in here today, I was like, this is just confusing me in terms of what, what's the angle, because I'm just looking at the facts, like, JP, JPD off-duty officer hits this guy on the interstate, and he take. I guess they they call the corner at that time, right when it happened, and, he, and when he dies, or whatever. And they, the city makes a mistake of not properly identifying him. Now, I somebody may know this better than I do. I'm just trying to figure out what the civil rights violation there is. I, I don't. I just can't. I can't see what it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, and somebody that does this, I've never done that kind of work, but I'm trying to think what it is, and because um, it just they they were they were in. Stupid. I mean, you know, what I mean? but I can't put it any better. They just like if you read the report, there, having it to says, be notified of your son's death or not being notified of your son's death isn't a civil rights violation. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like that is, and maybe maybe it is, and I just don't know. But one thing I did read here is that they said that they realized he had identification once they did an independent autopsy. Well, I mean, didn't they realize that when he was hit and they checked his? His, you know, his person and found a wallet. I, yeah, I mean, I mean incom- wouldn't they have known then? Incompetency. I mean, when, I would, when they they exhumed the body, when they exhumed the body, I'm guessing he had his identification in his pocket. I mean, were they buried him with the identification? Is that what Apparently so. Well, I mean, I'm just like I assume they like took his, you know, they took his clothing when he when they when there wouldn't have been an independent autopsy done before he died because they didn't know. Yeah, I, or I the, think yeah, the family sure. weren't notified, you know, so they had to exhume the body. Then do this independent autopsy, but his but his, his his stuff must have been logged or inventory at the time of his death. I would have think that would just make sense to me. Like they would have done that. Well, consider the source. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I get that part of it, and so that's where that's where I guess my confusion stems from is that it seems like this was just really 
being incompetent, like Wouldn't not it? properly, like just say, hey, we're, like how hard is this? Clay? Let me let me put this. You hit some guy, you know, everybody comes out there. They're checking it. They're like, oh, he's got an ID. Okay, let's find out who his relatives are. Like that seems like the normal course of practice when that happens. I mean, it happens all the time when somebody's killed. Yeah, well, um, and uh, who's to say they didn't try? I mean, you um, know, they, everybody ain't easy to get in touch with. No, and that could have happened too. I don't know. You know, they may not have been able to track down certain relatives. or didn't know, you know, like you said, didn't you tell me at the break that this lady was not involved in her brother's life for many years? That was that my could, understanding. Okay. I will say allegedly. 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 You know, my okay. understanding was this lady comes, about, comes up out of nowhere after several years uh, estranged from her brother. Maybe they had a hard time of finding out who his relatives were, and that's what happened. Yeah. But certainly they were able to identify him at the time that it happened if he had his ID on them. I'm just trying to say, how do you how do you miss that? Yeah, yeah. I, look we, again. We can agree that this was incompetence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And and, and, it, and it may come out that they did try to find. Him. Maybe he has an old address. Mm-hmm. And they can't just look at the name and say, oh well, oh this is Betterman's, this is Betterman's son. We know what we're going through with her right now. We better make sure she knows. Well, actually, I guess they didn't know who he was because they put him in a pauper's grave that was just numbered. Yeah. So they didn't even check his pocket. Yeah. Like how do they? I'm just. It's just confusing. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just confusing. Like, how do you not do something that simple as checking the guy if he has an ID? Yeah, well, a lot of things, Sean and Jackson. I, I just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That would just, it seemed like that would be the first so, thing we do. Or so one of could, could they do. say the civil rights violation? And they haven't even filed a civil rights lawsuit yet, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you know it's going that direction. Right. Did, do you think that, because her, her angle is, I'm suing the city, and this is their payback for for me suing them. Oh, they, I mean, that's a little bit of a stretch, don't you think? Uh, absolutely. That, that, that would mean that whoever ran the guy over automatically knew. Planned that, it out. And you yeah. know me, I'm like, I'm the one here that's like not I, the conspiracy theorist, right? So I'm like, yeah, right. And I think the city got what it wanted out of the other. I mean, the city wanted Anthony Fox in jail. That was my I mean, they, impression from the way the mayor was yeah, you know behaving and all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They're not they're not mad at her for suing the city. They they uh, they're all right on right on board in my opinion. Let's take a call. Hey you're on there. Hey, I got two two questions. How come every time somebody gets killed by the cops, that crump guy who's an attorney is always front always their attorney. Ambulance chaser. Okay. Another thing. What did Anthony, the person that died in that Anthony Fox case? What did the autopsy say they died from? It, it was uh, some type of aneurysm of some sort, if I remember right, or he had drugs in his system. I think I, I, don't, I had to go back and look, but it was clearly not what they accused um, Fox of doing, or said it could not have been caused by what uh, by what the, the deal with Fox. Well, I, I got a question for you. Uh, don't get mad when I ask you this. Have you any? Has anybody tried to get Tato for a pardon on any of this stuff? Oh, a pardon for, yeah, yeah, actively, but it's got to run through the appeal process and all that first. Before he gets a pardon, no, it doesn't. He can be pardoned. Well, before no, he even goes to trial. No, that's what they, that's what Tate and them want to do. But now that the AG's office has come out and said that, uh, they said that it should be overturned. He wasn't going to pardon anybody before that election. Well, can't, can't the AG just drop the charges altogether? Sean, 
Even though it's no. five minutes out no, here no. already. It no. wasn't it state charges. No, I mean, it was a state charge. I mean, it's a, it it's a county, right? No, it's a state. I mean, it's still a state. It's still a state of Mississippi, but it's a, it, he was convicted by a jury, so it was appealed. So the Court of Appeals is going to have to reverse it for it to come back. The, the AG can't. can't hey, no, Sean, no, if no, it gets thrown out, is there, even though I know there's double jeopardy law, but is there anything that keeps him from bringing some other charges on him after he's out? Well, it depends on the when you say thrown out. It depends on the way it way that what the court does. That they would have you know, well, they got three options, but one of the two would be they could reverse what's called reverse and remand it, and that means they could that's sending it back to the circuit court for another trial. They could also reverse and render it, means which means he's basically free at that point. They're they're so they got those two options. So he could go back on a reverse and remand. Or he could just be it could be over with with a verse and rendered, or they could affirm it, which means they're going to upheld the conviction. Conviction, so that's the that's the way that would work. What kind of timeline is, are were they talking about, Clay? As far as the Supreme Court hearing, as far as what? As far as the next court hearing, when does that happen? Are you talking about for for Fox? Yeah, it, it won't be till after the first of the year at some point. They haven't they haven't said yet, but uh, I, I did. Uh, somebody did. Uh, I had some folks helping. On trying to get get it uh get it overturned, not overturned. Trying to get Tate to pardon him. Apparently, there's a there's some time restraints on when that can be done and when it can't be done. And apparently, it was too late to get to get the pardon, so it's got to run through the system now. You guys have a great day. Thanks. You too. Peace. It's too late. To, he can't just issue a pardon whenever he wants to. I don't. Uh, maybe it has to be done before an appeal. They do like an applaud. They did app. Oh. Maybe the case has to be over with, yeah. and then he can. I, there may be a way. I don't know how that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I'm never. I've never represented anybody that gets I, gets a parted. You know. I mean, so. look. I got every. Teresa and I and Fred Shanks. I mean, we got everybody involved on this. Mm-hmm. Could possibly get involved. Oh yeah, I know you have. I mean, and, I got no doubt. And, and ran it as far up the ladder as it could go, and overwhelmingly the support is to get him out. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the details were on why he hadn't got the pardon. I just assumed it was because of the election and not wanting to ruffle any feathers, but uh, just got a text that it was too late. Let's take a break. Come back. We'll be right back. Hi, welcome back in. It's hour two of the Clay Edwards Show with Sean Yurk Karan here on 103.9 FM WYAB. Little birdie told me this may be the number one morning show in the market. I can't confirm or deny, but uh, I ain't scared to. I ain't scared to run with it. All right, guys. This segment brought to you by Watkins Construction and Roofing. Hey, big storms came through last night. A lot of wind. A uh, lot of wind damage. Luckily, we dodged the bullet with tornadoes. But that doesn't mean your roof might not have gotten some damage. If your car got, if you got any hail in your driveway or on your property. You may want to call Watkins Construction and Roofing today to get a complimentary roof inspection. And they'll come out. They'll see if you have any damage or if you need a full-blown replacement. They'll let you know. They'll work with your insurance company along the way. And they will be in constant communication with you. Their crews are very professional. And they will come out. You will never even know they're there unless you're home when they're doing the roof repair, they'll make sure your landscaping stays nice. Your neighbors won't be upset because they were unprofessional and bumping, bumpity bump, bump, bump music while they were there. Anything like that. That's Watkins Construction and Roofing, locally owned and locally operated. You can't go wrong with Watkins. Check them out online, watkinsconstructioninc.com. 
All right, Sean. Let's pick back up on this. Well, we know we've we've established that walking on the interstate is a bad idea. It, like, it, it is. Just, just I, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. I want to read a couple texts here because I ask people to text in. I don't think it's right to not read their text. Sure. So uh, Jamie says, Jamie says uh, da, 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 a lot of stuff here, but I'm going to read it. He says, when when he was hit, they did check and found ID on him. The coroner tried to get in touch one time and turned it over to the cops, and then he checked back monthly. He had a medicine bottle on him and even called the mental place for an address of where to live. He's saying so they knew. And I, okay. I just, I just asked the question. I'm like, well, are they legally bound to notify next of kin that, on, on an adult? Know. I don't know how that. I don't know what the, the law is on that. And uh, then he says, I mean, they just generally do, though. I mean, they just really do. Yeah. I mean, but they're not forced to. I mean, yeah. I mean, and they may be. It may be something law. I just don't. I mean, it's just not one of those things that you know just happens. I mean, generally, that's what everybody does. So I'm, I'm sure there's something, some kind yeah. of. Well, D- Jamie continues after I asked that question. And he says, listening when they had the press conference, that's just what happened with the steps. The coroner, the coroner did once, and the cops found out the information from the mental facility. Mm-hmm. And the coroner kept checking for six months or longer with the police. After one phone call from the coroner, and he got no, he got no one, then he just turned it over is all I know. But she had a missing persons report out before he was actually hit. So there was a missing person's report on him okay. before he got ran over. And they didn't match those up with this with the ID and the missing person's report? I guess not. Do they not have like a system, like a like an NCIC type system for missing persons, and you run somebody's name through it? None of these systems talking yeah. to one another? And uh, in, in ending with Jamie's text here, it says they knew other than that, I don't know. But usually it's the cops that do that job and not the coroner. Yeah, that's what I was – I mean, I would think the initial report, the police would have been like, here's his ID. You know, this is so-and-so. It just makes sense. Well, I mean, if they – okay, so if that's correct and they knew who, who he was and they attempted to do it, what did they do wrong then? That changes my whole – or I guess both our whole argument from last hour. I mean, if they did the right steps and they couldn't get in touch with anybody, yeah. then what did they what, – what did they do wrong? Yeah, I mean, they just didn't bend over backwards and go make a home visit. I mean, I, I don't know what what are they again? What are they, what are they liable to to do? I mean, what are they required to do as far as like step one, step two, step three? I mean, at some point, like whose job is it, and do they care? And also, I mean, did they conduct some sort of um, sobriety test on the officer that was off duty? I assume they did that. You, you, you would assume, and maybe that's part of it too. Let's get a call. Uh, hey, Jerry. Hey, man. Okay. Uh, we're we're dealing with Jackson, right? Yes. Yeah. Say no more. And they are saying that there's a cover up. Can Jackson spell cover up? Because they can't pay their bill. It's just incompetent. So they're acting like there's some grand conspiracy to deprive them. Of. Look, it's sad that the guy's family wasn't notified, but it's basically, you know, hey, we screwed up. We, we, but where is where's the Ben Crump and uh, Al Sharpton play in this? We're, where, where's the payday they're looking for? Well, the city is self-insured, so and they ha- and we have tort limits here. You know, I don't know if, if this; these are big names that chase millions and millions of dollars. I don't know if their cut of a five hundred dollar, five hundred thousand dollar tort max well, is well, worth well, the why squeeze. Why would the city even pay a tort for something that basically, like, hey, we apologize? It's not like they did not pay a contractor and they walked off to. Uh, 
job and to give them to come back, they had to pay all back pay and penalties. It's not in a contract. I mean, it's, look, it's sad. They had an accident. They didn't identify him properly. It, but it doesn't surprise me if it surprises anyone about Jackson. Look at the water and why we have to have Capitol Police District. Well, apparently they did. We just found out, I don't know if you were listening, the person texted yeah. in and said that they did notify or attempt to do it properly. So it seems like they don't even know, oh. have that angle. Um, well, it does play into the golden uh, coffin, you know, middle name of George, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, and I also, I would wonder, too, that he was off-duty at the time. I know he was in a patrol car, so that's, you know, I think well, that's an interesting dynamic, too. Well, look, thank you. I appreciate it. This one, it is Jackson, right? I just want to make sure. So, yeah. that, uh, it's kind of like voting in Hines County in the Delta with the Keith. They're saying everything was perfect. You know, look, I, I enjoyed the interview. Sharp guy. But if you don't think there's something, I can give you personal testimony over Martin Luther King at the library where I've been a poll watcher in Galloway High School, and you just like put your hands up saying, my God, I think Argentina's better than this. And I've watched it personally. And uh, so, and, and made reports about it back in the day, but that was when Eric Clark was the Secretary of State. It's like, oh, well, guess, guess, guess that got swept under the rug. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's, it, it, there's, it was an accident. There's incompetence, hated. I was just trying to figure out where the cover-up was. Yeah, I don't think there was a cover-up. I mean, unless the cop was drunk, mm-hmm. and they're not letting us know that, I don't think there's a cover-up here. I think it's just incompetence. Well, well, anyway, thank y'all. Enjoyed it. Y'all good. Have a good Thanksgiving. Yeah. Talk to y'all. Same Thanks. to you, brother. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I think we're, for the best I can tell from text messages and calls, I think we're all kind of on the same page here. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think Jackson has the ability to cover something up. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I'm just going. I'm just going to be honest. I, 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 and I'm not talking about it, everybody. Like Jerry just said, they can't even pay. The, the the bill to the contractor on Riverside, I mean, and then cost the city another eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, they can't even get that right. I mean, cover up is a, is a is a big thing for them to get right. <laughs> that, you know, I, that's what I'm saying. Too many people would have to know to be involved. Yeah, for this to be a cover up, it's like when they say, you know, if you're going to go commit a crime, you do it by yourself because if you, if one person knows, too many people know. Someone I used to say this is someone always talks. Yeah. That's how you get people. Someone always talks, man. I mean, it's just the way it is. All right, let's 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 just hit a couple more texts here. And when we come back from our next break, we're going to clear the deck and move on to this other topic about John Henson. Y'all are going to love this. Yeah. Unknown texter. I have to find the video reel of a lady calling it racism. How is it racism when the city is 80% black? Well, even to even remove the demographics of the city, when, when the mayor's black, when the victim's black, when the cop i assume is most likely black because if he wasn't we would already know because it would be a sacrificial lamb and and just everybody involved police chief everybody involved is black in this case i said i don't understand how it could be racism but yeah i don't like, think there's a race angle here obviously no. that, that, but like they're that. making it one let's talk about that real but quick. also think about this like take it let's say he was white okay but if he if it's just a guy walking in the street and you like you hit somebody and I mean, whether it was an Asian person driving a patrol car or Hispanic, white. I mean, I don't know that somebody was sitting there driving their patrol car and be like, you know what I'm going to do is commit a race-based crime by hitting somebody on the interstate. Well, I mean, I don't know that that was what that, that would be what with that That would be exactly how they tried to paint it. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a white man, and he saw a black man walking down the road, and rage took over, his eyes turned red, and he just targeted him. 
I mean, well, that's what I was saying earlier. I don't know where all this, you know, where everybody's getting, you know, why Ben Crump and Al Sharpton are here. It just seems like this is an incompetence issue. And even maybe not even that. Apparently they may have just, um, they may have tried to actually notify. And then really what we're dealing with is a negligent issue, if you want to call it that, from the officer hitting them on the interstate. You brought this up before we went on the air. Are they trying to create another Mammy Teal? What was her first name? Was it called Mammy? Uh, Emmett Till's mother. Yeah. I don't know what they're, I mean, it's. Some show pony. Dude, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm just completely. I feel like I'm in an alternate universe with this one. I mean, yeah. I just don't know what it is. That's made. You know, I just like that's why I texted you yesterday when I was like, "What's Al Sharpton doing here?" I mean, I just I didn't get it. I mean, this lady, if she don't even if she don't get a penny from the city, she'll now be the NAACP show pony. They'll be able to run her out to all these events. She'll get these huge speaking fees. But to argue about what, though? That's what yeah. I'm, that's where my confusion is. Well, you know? I mean, look, they, 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 they claim that George Floyd got killed by a racist white like, cop. Like, okay, let me I put... Mean, everything's about race, Sean. Let me or, put... Or, or anti-police. Let me put in this argument. If the mother of the two people that were attacked during the Goon Squad incident did that, I'd understand. I'd be like, yes, she's correct, okay? And, you know, maybe she should actually go on a tour around the country speaking about this kind of stuff. Absolutely, that makes sense, like, to me. But here, I, this doesn't make any sense. That's what I'm trying to say, you know? it just Or, like, the case that we had back over 12 years ago with Daryl Deadman and James Craig Anderson, his family going out, that was a race-based crime. There was an issue there. So, I, you know, those types of things I can see. Um, the Goon Squad is a little more parallel because we're talking about police officers in this instant were so that would make sense to me but here i'm just at a loss for what it is i guess well clearly the, the if the officer was black and he ran over this guy he was the black face of white supremacy sean that's that's what they're trying to t- that's what i'm Does, trying to tell you they they when there ain't enough racism you have to create it and, yep. and then when you when the narrative don't work that it was racism you have to be well it's, it's a it's a white supremacy police thing and even though they're black cops the supremacy is still why this happened. Well, I mean, I you know, you get it better than I do. I just, again, I'm just completely lost. I, I understand the, the goon squad thing. Completely sure. on board with that, 100%. Absolutely. You know, and, but uh, this one, I'm just not, I'm just unclear about what's going on. So. I asked Sean this question. Someone's smarter than me needs to call in and tell me because I just don't know. I asked Sean this question during the break, and I, we, I think we almost agree, maybe just a little off- would we even know about the goon squad if those two guys were white? Would would a lawyer have believed the crazy story they told? Believed it enough to have pursued it if they if the if the two victims were white in the goon squad thing? I I say no. We would never even heard about it. I think initial. I think you know white or black. Like I was saying, this is a break. The story was so fantastic and crazy, right? That me. Okay, I said I used my, me as an example. Obviously, I was a prosecutor for 10 years, so my first viewpoint that anybody's a criminal is 99.9% of the time lying. Like, I always think that. I'm like, because usually that's the case. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of in the business of lying. Like, that's what they do. And uh, not usually not very well. So, like, I probably wouldn't, you know, if the cops came, I probably wouldn't have believed him, unfortunately, because I just conditioned that way. And, um, and if, the, you know, and if there was a, if it was, you know, white victims, same, same, I would have felt the same way. I'm like, oh, you guys are just, you know, you guys are a bunch of drug dealers too. You know, that's what I would have thought yeah. initially if they had come to me. Now, I think this case may have gotten, if they, if they were, if say all players were white and like all the other, there's all these other victims out there actually now that are, I think, white victims and other black victims. So I think the scope of it would have yeah. gained national attention, just the sheer scope yeah, but of it. Yeah, but, but if it had never, if a lawyer had never believed them to begin with, 
Yeah, they wouldn't be. It would have never got that snowball effect. Yeah, that's true. I mean, somebody would have to, you know, had to believe. And then I, I think there were other issues too, where there. I guess MBI got involved right initially, and then kind of figured out. So maybe it would have came out that way. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I think it would. I would think it would. It definitely, it definitely garnered the national media because you know national media, Mississippi, racism. It's a you know the New York Times loves that kind of stuff. I mean mm-hmm. that sells papers. So sure. All right, let's take a break. Come back. We're going to hit the reset button here and get into a crazy political, uh, political story from nineteen seventy nine, eighty, eighty one from in that era. Y'all aren't going to believe what we're about to tell you if you don't already know the John Henson story when we return. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show with Sean York Caron here on 103.9 FM WYAB. Hey guys, this segment is brought to you by Guns and Gear. Y'all been burning up the Guns and Gear text line all morning long, so thank you for all that. Get out there, check them out in person today on Yandel, well, on Highway 51 North at Yandel Road, right there in Gluckstadt. For all of your gun shopping needs, I mean, they got them all, they got the big scary... AR-15s, those those uh, uh, assault rifles. <laughs> hey, it's hunting season, man. Go get you a new rifle, shotgun, or whatever you may need from Guns and Gear. They got all your guns, new and used. They are the home of No Limit Ammo, as well as your home for Cerakoting and all your gunsmithing needs. They can do it all there at Guns and Gear. Shop them online, 365-24-7 at Guns and Gear MS. Dot com as well as in person Tuesday through Saturday. All right, Sean. John Henson. <laughs> yeah. This is an interesting story here. This is an interesting story. And guys, look, I got all your text here uh, about the Goon Squad. We'll, 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 Sean will be back tomorrow. Maybe we'll crank that up. Was the Goon Squad actually a racist convers- uh, deal or not? Uh, there seems to be some debate on if it was ra- a race-based crime. But we'll, we'll save all the reaction for that tomorrow. I've got some thoughts on that as well. But John, I mean, they, Henson, they certainly said racial terms during the assault, right? Well, which, mean, yeah, which unfortunately doesn't allow for any other narrative mm-hmm. to be painted. Because there are some people who suggest that they were just tired of having to go out there and it got way out of hand. But because they used the the racial uh, dialogue, that mm. you know, it, it beca- if you use the N word while beating a black guy, it, it becomes about racism real quick. I mean, I'm going to say as it should at that point, you know. Yeah, yeah, no other narrative, no other, no matter how frustrated you were, no other narrative, no matter what else brought you to that point, is going to matter. If you if you do that and the media finds out in a situation like this, it, no other narrative is going to be allowed. You know, so just food for thought. Yeah. All right. John Henson. Sean, tell the story about how we you stumbled across the John Henson story. Yeah. So back in 2007, I was um, working on my old boss, Robert Schuler Smith's campaign, and uh, who was DA for many years here. And this was his first, you know, he was running uh, against Faye Peterson. And uh, we were putting up campaign signs in Northeast Jackson, me and a friend of mine. And a friend of mine had lived out there in high school. And so he said, let's go to my neighbor's house and put, ask him if we can put up a sign in his yard. So we go over there and knock on the door. Old man comes out. I don't know what his name was, Mr. Johnson, let's call him. And Mr. Johnson was like, we're like, can we put this sign in your yard? He's like, well, boys, uh, no, I'm, I'm not gonna let you do that. We're like, why? It's just a you know pl- campaign sign. And he's like, well, 
back in the seventies, I campaigned for this guy. I put his sign in my yard. I, uh, I, uh, passed out his pamphlets. I had his bumper stickers all over my car. I really campaigned hard for him. And then, you know what? He got elected to Congress. We're like, Oh, okay. Well, what, what, what happened? He's like, well, wouldn't you know it? He got caught performing a homosexual act in the library of Congress. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. He's like, and after that, all my friends made fun of me for years and I couldn't live it down. So I told myself I'd never put uh, another political sign in my yard ever again. We're like, sir, that's a great explanation. We understand that we're going to take this sign and, and leave it. So I didn't know who this guy was that had done this that had, you know, sex in the library of Congress. And so after I left, I looked it up and this was kind of the beginnings of Wikipedia in that era is 2007. So I found this guy, John Henson, who is a congressman um, from the old, I guess, fourth district of Mississippi, which would have been South Mississippi, and it, but it was actually Jackson. Part of Jackson was too. included into it, but yeah. nobody who ever nobody who ever ran from Jackson won. It was always from the southeast corner of the southwest corner of the state or whatever it was. Right, and he was from Tylertown. His dad was actually like a supervisor in Walthall County. Yep. And um, and I at that time I had never heard of this guy before. This is of course nearly twenty years ago, and uh, he um and so I read the story that he had. He had a, several incidents like this that happened in D.C. One of them was uh, he was at a homosexual movie theater and sex club, and it caught on fire. And he was the, one of the only few survivors of that. Yeah, so that was the second the, thing, the, the second known incident. So the first one was the Library of Congress thing, I no, believe. The Congress was after he was elected, because before he was on Thad Cochran's staff, when Thad uh, Cochran that, was... that's the, when the fire happened. Yeah, the fire, when he was, when he was like an aide to Thad Cochran, and he was at the movie theater fire... And they pulled his body under like some other bodies, and he lived like four other guys lived. Yeah, well, he was one of four survivors, mm-hmm. and the only reason his name became public is because he had to give a deposition for the families that were suing the so, gay sex club the movie gay, theater. Yeah, yeah. Come to find out, it ain't just a gay movie theater; it's a gay sex club that had twenty two thousand members, and they would go there and do things that go bump in the night. Yeah, that's it. And, and uh, so, and he got. So he wasn't elected to Congress yet. Well, then Thad Cochran, Jim Eastland retires from Congress or is going to retire, the longtime senator of Mississippi. And uh, Thad Cochran ran, won that seat. So Henson ran for Cochran's seat at that point. Yeah. And he won. But there was some, you know, it, I think it, I think it was like in the second term that he was going to run for because of two year terms that people started finding out about these homosexual incidents that he had. And another one was, before, I think, right before he was elected was he the got caught ex- he got caught exposing himself at the Iwo Jima memorial to an undercover police officer and that kind of came out well it was funny so the reaction of the GOP in Mississippi they all kind of played it off as the best part about this story like they were like oh well, we don't really think he's gay well, well the, the the Iwo Jima thing as bad as that sounds when you sit here and talk about it being a, war, a memorial yeah. apparently it was a, a popular gay meetup spot at that point okay yeah it was kind of like the, a, 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 a gay safe haven yeah you know, kind of like uh, the old Palm Bridges Park at Elton Road. Mm-hmm. It was, like a, was that a gay st- Yeah. Was it? Okay. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Um, and then so he um, – so these these allegations had come out, and I think it said Billy Munger and Wirt Jurger met with him, who were you know big-time guys in the Republican Party for years. And they were, they were kind of like – he said, I'm not really homosexual. And they were like, well, I guess we believe him. you know. So they just believed him. And, and uh, then he was reelected. And then two months after he took office again, he got caught – with this guy in the Library of Congress, this aide or employee of the Library of Congress, um, and, and within hours, within hours, and like because apparently the police had a peephole where they were checking on this. Which they talk were about, this, talk about civil rights violations. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Like they were doing yeah. that. They were like checking for the Capitol people. Police had a peephole for the men's restroom. Yep, because they had where, heard there were homosexual acts going on. <laughs> they were busted people for this in the you know the Library of Congress or, or well I don't know, I think the guy was a Library of Congress employee. 
and what in the Mississippi politics books say it was an adjacent congressional building. So I don't know yeah. if it's actually in the Library of Congress. So you want to talk about having a crappy job? <laughs> like it's your job to watch the gay peephole today? Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna I, I'm gonna be honest here. I'm gonna question if maybe they want some. Maybe maybe they didn't have a. Uh, maybe, maybe the guy doing it was gay too. I guess what I'm getting at. How do you get assigned to do that when you're in the police officer? Like, all right, Bob, um, you're on the uh, gay people duty this week. You're like, dang it, man, uh, again, I again, <laughs> I gotta do this again. Like uh, that's like a, like that's like I guess if you do something wrong, is it like, well, guess you you know you're on you're on gay people duty this week. Uh, there's a great quote in this story, kind of towards the end of it here, because of course it, it got down here to Mississippi within hours. Yeah, and because we just so happened to be in session at the Capitol when mm-hmm. news broke of this, and it went, it was a national story, and they made, they said the jokes were going around the Capitol quick. Yeah, and with with it, well, how long before he. Before he stepped down, he, um, one month. I read his pastor statement. I yeah, just got a statement. Yeah, but there, there's a great quote in here from a just a citizen in his district, and it says, uh, "The quote is the, the Republican transformation in Mississippi was perhaps best captured by a shopper in Henson's hometown of Tylertown, and I still still rings true today as far as I'm concerned because we, we the Republican Party are the party for everybody, We're gay, straight. We don't care. We we, we welcome you all as long as you." Uh, vote the way you need to. And it says, the day after his 1981 arrest, the shopper said this. He had figured all along that Henson was gay, but had voted for him anyway just because gay was better than a Democrat. <laughs> and that's what the, I love that part of the book. It says that that's when, because this is 1980, y'all, so this is before the state has become the yeah. full Republican takeover. And just in 1976, Mississippi went for Jimmy Carter, you know, and uh, then narrowly for Reagan in 1980. So, so it says in the books like this is when we knew that the party was finally taking a hold that somebody would say that you yeah know, something a comment like that and um, the uh, in Tylertown nonetheless in Tylertown I know um, well, they were probably still burning crosses in eighty one or so in Tylertown I mean I was down there helping my buddy campaign this summer and it's I mean it's still a very rural place obviously but the um, and then uh, the, the story of John Henson is really kind of sad though because so after he resigns. His um his parents who his dad again is a supervisor in Walthall County they die in a house fire, and then he got AIDS and he ended up dying in 1995 very young around 52 yeah and uh, and so it was just kind of tragic reading that I was like man that's a horrible story he became later he of course he came out as being homosexual and, and he started becoming an LGBT activist and all those things and but then yeah he died of AIDS in 95 so it was a really sad story actually look at it. I mean the, the 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 way it was related to me initially back in 2007 though. This old man saying he ain't ever going to put up another thing was kind of like it was, was funny at that point, and then I found out who this guy was and all the things that had occurred. There's another good quote in here. It's just the one from uh, it's just the one from Thad Cochran. Uh, was this the one from Munger? What's this other quote here? It says years later, when asked about the 1978 campaign, Evers. Oh, this is a different. Oh, it was that, that was, was what I sent you note. about yeah. that Charles Evers ran for Senate that year against yeah. Dad Cochran. So uh, once uh, he you know went 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 for the Senate, and um, it was all part of this whole Henson because Henson took Cochran's seat. Cochran ran for Senate. Charles Evers was in the race and said that he liked Thad Cochran and would rather help him out than the guy that had run for, as, as a Democratic nominee, which I think was Claude Manton. I think that's right. So he uh, Evers, and I thought that's pretty cool that you know Charles Evers was trying to help Thad Cochran out. Yeah, I want to say there was another quote in here. Anyway, the question I would, that we have is: is Sean has said would this would this even have been reason for 
resignation today. And I think not being gay, I think it's the, the lewd and crude public acts. But don't you think if this – wait, and that's a good point. I know you said it last night we were talking about this, but I thought about something this morning. But the way there's all this like LGBT agenda out there, don't you think that they, there could be a big backlash of trying to make – like if somebody like Henson was here today saying like, oh, you're only making him resign because he's gay, not because he committed a sex act in public. Well, and, I, and my argument is they wouldn't make it because he's gay. They would make it because it's a lewd sex act in public. And we, and I mean, legitimately, I mean, sodomy and 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 oral in public. I mean, at some point, bro. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not debating that point. What I'm saying is, would the, would, well, like that point would be made. What your point is, but would the would the lobby of the LGBT lobby be like just too intense? To force him to resign because it would become just like we're talking about the civil rights stuff. Would it become about the fact that he was gay and not the fact that he had actually committed an act in public? Like I think that that may have that would happen. Like oh, you're trying to get rid of John Henson not because he had sex in public, but because he's a homosexual. Like I think it would become about that instead of the instead of the sex act in public. There's a there's a there's a fine line where it ain't about the sexuality; it's about the act. And I think that that there's a point where it's just that's obscene. That's nasty and you just don't do it in public and i know you brought up the lauren bobert thing i think drastically different you know rubbing a crotch versus you know and i'm not trying to paint her she's obviously got some her own issues (laughs) but i think there's a big difference in you know groping somebody in a movie theater versus sure i mean that's versus you know performing oral at in the Library of Congress. Well, my example was actually, I didn't articulate it last night, but what if, I don't mean just because she was rubbing on the guy's crotch, what if she pulled it out in theater in that Bill, Bill G. show, right? And then did that. Well, like, yeah, I mean, she, do you she, think she'd be resigning from Congress today? I don't know that Bobert would resign over that. I don't think she would. But look, whether somebody resigns or not, it's a moot point, but the, because they have to be, they have to be the one to do it. Mm-hmm. But, would people still want it? Yeah. I mean, people would still want him to resign, especially in a conservative. And I brought this up. There's a big difference in conservative Mississippi versus liberal Colorado. Yeah, but her district is pretty conservative. You know, she, like, that happened in Denver. Yeah, I know it happened in oh, Denver. Yeah. But I'm talking about the district she represents is yeah. very conservative out in the in Western Colorado, on the Western Slope. Though, then that kind of, but that kind of segues us into George Santos. He's not resigning, and this guy, I think everybody would agree, is the most ridiculous human. Is, is anybody? I don't know if out there's watched the movie The Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy. Clay and I were tied this long. We had this long conversation about Eddie Murphy yesterday and how much we liked old Eddie Murphy and the things he did. Um, and there's a movie that came out in 1992. It, it's about how he gets elected to Congress by chain, kind of shortening his name to Jeff Johnson, who was the previous congressman who died. And he, he, didn't, he was a con man and he gets elected to Congress. That's kind of like reminds me of George Santos. George Santos is that. And George Santos is still fighting resigning, even though, you know, Michael Guest has filed a motion to expel him. And that, and, uh, but he's still like every day on Twitter, he's like, I'm being, it's a witch hunt. You know, like I didn't do anything. This is a guy that uses campaign money on Botox and OnlyFans and then made up every school he went to, what job. I think he even said his, like his grandparents were Holocaust survivors. I mean, it was everything he said is, is been a complete lie. And he's still like, I ain't resigning. So that's why I wonder, like, would somebody resign over the sex act? If you're not going to resign like George Santos is doing, because things have become so, you know, I mean, I don't know a better way to put it. I don't know partisan's a way to look at it, but it's just obstinate. I <laughs> like like everything kind of goes these days. So like if Santos won't resign, I just wonder if in today's world if Henson would resign. Who knows? Who knows? Let's take a break. Come back. Henson was also married at the time. Yeah. So he was he was committing adultery and I I still don't think that that's acceptable. This is the Clay Edwards show with Sean York Cron. We'll be right
Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here on 103.9 FM, WYAB. Hey, guys, Watchman Security Services. Getting close to the holidays. Now, more than ever, people are stealing packages off your doors. Get you a doorbell security system from Watchman Security Systems or Watchman Security Services. You can get you all the outdoor cameras you need, indoor cameras, or just get you a basic alarm, something to protect your family. They can turn your home into a smart home and more. They've been in business since 1977. The uh, Eric and Nathan Knight, the Knight family, good, good folks right over there in Pearl, Mississippi. But they operate statewide. You can check them out online, watchmansecure.com. That's watchman, M-A-N, secure.com. Uh, let them come out and get you a free estimate together and get you safe and secure and keeping up with what's going on on your property. They can do remote gate access, all of that stuff. All right, Sean Yurkaran here in the studio with me. We're talking about John Henson and performing these lewd acts in public as an elected Mississippi politician. He was a Republican, by the way, if we didn't Mm -hmm. make that clear in the first, in the last segment. So let's spin this forward a little bit. And Sean made a great point. It, let's just say we, we were looking for uh, somebody to use as an example. I think we're just going to say current Republican or current Democrat. Yeah. Because the last thing I want to do is somebody clip something out and be like, they said that. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. You know, so let's just if, if one generic of generic Republican, generic Democrat. Right? Yeah. If one of our current Republican congressmen or senators or whatever mm-hmm. were found to have committed this crime, uh, yeah, I guess it's a crime. Would would we demand? Them step down. I believe we would, and then we spun it. If it was a Democrat, would the would that voting base want them to step down? And we know they don't have any morals, so of course they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know. I mean, in terms of what the case causes problems for Republicans, because Republicans, you know, campaign on conservative issues and family values, value based voters, those things. The Democrats aren't the same way, so there's a little more leeway to do that as a Democrat than there would be a Republican by their, you know, respective voting bases, I think. Is it not still just embarrassing to to get caught not having enough personal restraint that you that you can't just wait till you get home? Or yeah. get a room at minimum? Well also that's the interesting thing about Henson reading that. I mean, you know, he had got busted. He kinda seemed like he skated a few of these times. Yeah. So like couldn't he just run out of the what else he did. I he, mean that he did get caught. You know, performing performing oral on a guy in a public bathroom, that if you're brave enough to do that, it probably wasn't your first your, like killing somebody's not usually your first crime. Yeah, it's not his first rodeo with it. I mean, I yeah, I don't know why he just didn't rent in a like a hotel room. I mean, there's plenty of those in DC. You know, the Congress people probably got that lined up. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know why. I, maybe he was just into public acts of sex. I mean, you know, people are into that, so that that's, could have been that, it. That, that's very true. I mean, you, some people have different kinks and yeah, teach their own. And you think though he got busted like with at the Iwo Jima thing, which and then the movie theater where he almost died, by the way. And uh, you know, I just think that would be, an, and then of course the party had to meet with him and discuss it, and they all forgave him. Everything was good, and he just, and then he still did it again. You'd think he would have been like, "All right, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna make a better plan next time." <laughs> Let's take you a know? call real quick. Hey, you're on there. Hello. Hello. Hey, you're on there. Hey, it's El Rock. What's going on? Hey, brother. Let's What's up? Just a little bit. What if it's a uh, a guy uh, in the Library of Congress with a woman going in the bathroom? Performing sex acts, they're still going to cut cut down on that. They're going to come down on them too. Absolutely, it's the act that they're doing. There's gay people all in Congress. We don't care as long as they uh, act appropriately. 
in public, as everybody else should do. That's the wise thing that shows that they have intelligence and civilized somewhat. And so it's the, it's the act. They're just, just saying, don't whip it out in public. Don't do this. Yeah. Go home. Get a room. Yeah, and I, you know, and that's why I slightly defend Lauren Boebert or say that I wouldn't demand her step down. She was in her personal time in a movie theater. Yeah, not, that's not on public. Part, you know, I mean, on public owned property. That's our property. That yeah, this that, happened. Library of Congress. You know, we're taxpayers. You know, that's that's all of ours. Yeah, and and and, so, and her and her clothes stayed on. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, you know, it, it, that's that's kind of ritual between humans that that happens. As long as they don't, if they go, they start it there and then say, let's go somewhere else private. That, that's awesome. That's how the way the world should work. Yep. But, you know, to do it, let's just do it right here on the pavement. Yep. No, that's, that's not how things go, man. I really, you know, I'll be honest. I wish we could, I, I wish we could completely just null and void this entire conversation about gay versus straight or anything. We need a, I, I would support a gay Republican for governor. And let's Absolutely. just, you know, just a, a gay black Republican for governor. You would have oh, to So that way we just, we just, thing nobody else could. We just cleared the deck here. Like, look, I voted for a gay black guy, but we got the same politics. So you can't call me homophobic or racist. But you have to say 40 years ago that be, the, the homosexual part of it was more salacious than it would be today. Sure. Absolutely. I oh, think absolutely. It, yeah. this is a different age, a yeah. totally different age now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, so, the, I mean, you're. Things have changed. I mean, if he had he had done that with a with a female in the in the, I think the story wouldn't have been quite as big back then. Is what I'm saying. Back then, as it as it was, I think I think it would have been especially if now if it was a guy caught with a woman, they would say, "Oh, he used her. He's exploiting her." He that could be true too. <laughs> that's yeah, that's you know, true they, they too. Flip it. You know how they are. Yeah, They're that's, smart, that's man. good. That's a good point. Elrod, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. Have a good happy Thanksgiving. If I don't talk to you. Elrod is right about that. That's exactly what would happen. That's exactly what would happen. Like he used his power. Too. You know, he was like all that stuff. Yeah, that's what would happen. Man, look, bro. I'm just going to say this, and we're going to take a break. Women have been attracted to powerful, popular men for a long time. If we're going to start going back in and persecuting men for taking advantage of their power or popularity – with women who willfully did stuff, not unwillingly, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going to have a, we got to build, we're going to have to just start creating prison states. Yeah. <laughs> just prison colonies. You know, and, 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 and what are the, and what are the women that like, you know, most men who are powerful and popular are usually successful. Mm-hmm. Women tend to be drawn towards successful men for security, for multiple reasons. You know, like there's a few women that are screwing this whole thing up for, for most women. Right now, like some some sour women that didn't get the one they wanted, they didn't they didn't strike gold or trying to make it bad for everybody. Yeah, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Land the plane for the day. All right, guys, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Real quick, for all of your holiday catering needs, we got two great restaurants. You got the Big Salad right there in Dogwood. You can get one. I didn't even know this till last night. You can actually get a salad bar brought to work. Imagine that, or home, or wherever. Get a whole salad bar, or you can get a sandwich platter. Or if you're a baller, you can get both a salad bar and the sandwich platter all in one fell swoop. Contact the Big Salad today for more details. That's thebigsalad.com, located in Dogwood. Burgers, blues, barbecue. 
All your holiday catering needs, they got you covered from five to 5,000 people. Check them out online today. They got their holiday menu posted at burgersblues.com. And don't forget their new location in Flowood is now open. And today's plate lunch special is hamburger steak and fried pork chops. So please get over there and support them at Madison, Flowood, or downtown Brandon. Both both restaurants are available for delivery through Take-A-Break deliveries as well as a couple other outlets. But I know both for sure on Take-A-Break deliveries. That's Burgers, Blues, Barbecue, and The Big Salad for all your holiday catering needs. And don't forget, uh, The Big Salad will be open at 6.30 a.m. Friday morning for Black Friday shopping. So if you're in Dogwood and you're hungry, hit up The Big Salad. Sean, we got about a minute left, brother. Fun show today. Yeah. Thank you for the John Henson topic. Oh, that was that's one of my favorite stories. Like when I heard that, then it was almost twenty years ago. But and if, if y'all had the Mississippi politics book from what seventy six oh seven, seventy six oh eight, something like that, mm-hmm. y'all need it. There's a the whole story's in there. It starts on page one twenty two, and it's definitely worth the read. It's only about four pages long, so it's, it's a quick read, but it, it's definitely worth it. It's a bunch of wild stories. I think Sean came up with a great idea yesterday about doing some like, retro political scandal stuff, and that's how we stumbled across this idea. Yeah. We're going to be doing more of that. Sean, thank you. The podcast will be available here shortly at com or wherever you download podcasts or stream music. Sean, we'll be back with me tomorrow as uh, we take it home. For Thanksgiving, stay tuned. Americans for Prosperity is next.